Hey there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients, the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. All right, welcome into the Render Podcast. I'm your host, Cam, and I'm excited to be here today with Allie. We're in the midst of our team series on the podcast where we are taking you into every team of our business and talking about what that looks like and how we do things, maybe some tips on how to do it better in your own business. And then we've also got on Instagram a day in the life series going on. And so you can go check out Allie specifically. You can talk about uh, or see all of the other people who have been on the team and see what a day in the life looks like for them. So I'm excited to be here today with Allie. We're talking about floral today. So as you know, and if you've been listening to our podcast long enough, You know that we do rentals and floral and custom design, and so we're going to talk about floral today. So Allie's been on the team for a little over a year, or close to a year, and she does all of our floral leading, so she takes our designs and makes them happen. Yeah, well, like she said, I'm Allie. I've been here like a year-ish. I've been freelancing with them a little longer, um, and it's just been really fun to work here and get involved with the team. Yeah, she is the expert of taking our design decks, which we've had a podcast episode about design decks and how we create those. She's expert of taking those designs and then making them a reality through many different ways. Yes. Yeah. She's great at it. All right. So sales in this event industry has been on and off for the last few years. (laughs) And our lead times have been a little weird as well. So before the pandemic, if you have been in the industry before the pandemic, lead times were... At minimum, a few weeks before, yeah. if not months to a year before. And now, it's like sometimes the day of yeah. or the week of. And it's really hard to get all that ordered, to get the product ordered, to get the people scheduled. How do you approach those really short time frames that we're in right now? Um, well, something that's cool is that I'm not only like on the back end of floral, but I'm also a designer. So on those shorter time turnarounds, I... If I can't find anyone the day of, I will just do it myself and make it work. Um, I try to keep a really great relationship with our wholesalers and keep them happy so that when I have these last minute events, they're not frustrated that I'm like, oh my gosh, do you have Pink Floyd roses today? I need 50 of them. Um, So when I'm panicking, they know that they're kind. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it just kind of depends on the events and the lead time for that kind yeah. of stuff. But tight turns make it a little harder sometimes. Yeah, for sure. It would be better to have more time. Yes, it makes it a challenge, but, but we all thrive on challenges around yeah. here. So we love to make it happen in a short time. Yeah, exactly. And the great thing that we've done is that we've been able to cross-train a lot of our employees here. And so Ellie not only designs, but she also is able to order product and have that relationship with our wholesalers. And then some people on our sales team, they know how to design as well. And so they can jump in on a last minute order if we can't find freelancers, which is great. And then we're in the midst of hopefully cross-training some of our guys that work in our rental department and helping them cross-train over to helping with floral as well. So um, cross-training is super important. If you don't do that already, highly recommend it. 
makes things a yeah, lot easier. It does, because if they're already here for rentals, then I could be like, hey, can someone come help me right. with install? And they already know what they're doing, and I'm not trying to teach them on site right. of a big installation. Right, so. exactly. And a lot of the floral doesn't have to be the actual designing. There's mm -hmm. a lot of buckets that need to be filled. Uh, containers that need to be filled or washed, supplies that need to be pulled, yeah. toolboxes that need to be refilled. There's a ton of work that happens outside of just the physical mm -hmm. designing of an arrangement. So lots of room for help that can be filled by other people. Yeah. It's not hard to teach someone to fill a bucket. No, it's not. <laughs> um, okay, as a designer who runs logistics, how do you plan your days and weeks around having to be logistical but also be a designer? Um, I think the biggest thing is finding freelancers that can work on their own. If I have to like go do something inside on the computer for a little bit, I can leave them be for a few hours to come back in and, you know, order for another event or whatever needs to be done logistics wise. Um, I think that's the key is finding good freelancers that know our style and know how to design well to help me be more successful yeah. at both of my ends. Right. Is there any like phrase that you use or like motivation that you use to go from the computer to designing back to the computer to designing? Is there anything that like do you plan your days or your weeks around like today I'm doing just logistics and tomorrow I'm going to design? Or yeah, like so that? I normally look at the calendar and see like what we have going on. Like this week has been a slower week floral wise. So I'm running logistics that may not need to necessarily be run until like late next week but next week is insane with some big events and so I'm trying to get ahead of everything so that I can design next week and I'm not running in here every you know hour being like oh I've got to you get this email into the wholesaler I can just focus on the design so preparing ahead of time and knowing and looking at the calendar um, I will say like Asana has really helped me personally be able to like see when things need to be done um, and then I can move them around as need be based on event week. So yeah, that was um, in the operations podcast mm -hmm. episode. Asana came up a lot. Yes, it's been <laughs> life changing. It keep you on on task. Yes. Yeah, that and Slack. Slack was the other yes. big one. Yes, I have still not mastered Slack. <laughs> <laughs> as I've hit reply all a few times, or like sent to a group chat instead of just to Cam, but. Um, you know, we make it work, and yeah. it's it's a laugh later. So. Yeah, more over-communication. Yes, that's yes. Nice, and that's okay. <laughs> Better to over-communicate than under. Yes, for sure. Okay, finding good help is hard to come by sometimes. What do we look for in a floral designer or a freelancer? Um, I think the biggest thing we look for is to be able to be trained. Um, I think each place as a freelancer, I worked as a freelancer before, I came on the team here and so like to be able to um like find someone who can be trained even if they've been doing flowers for a long time each place you work their style is so different mm -hmm. and so to be able to train someone is huge and a lot of people and it tends to be some of the people that have been in the industry a lot longer are kind of stuck in their ways and so I think it's easier to find someone who's younger that's still like learning their design style to train them and teach them and I our design style is nothing crazy but we do like reflex roses which right. people that have been in the industry longer don't tend to like to do those right and so finding people that one like know our style but they don't necessarily have to like design in our style in their free time or right. when they do their own events 
but just to like know like this is how we do it and someone who's a team player I think is like another huge aspect um someone who gets along with people and someone who um is just willing to say yes to whatever crazy thought we throw their way (laughs) or whatever install ideas we have um (laughs) yes there are (laughs) but I think those are the two biggest things yeah for for sure team aspect is a big one yes for sure if you're not on the same team and you're against other people on the team it's really hard to have everyone on the same page which yes. then when you show up on site to an event if you're not on the same page your client's gonna feel it yes they will and they're gonna feel the tension they're gonna feel the like hard things that are going on yes. even if they don't know what's going on yes yeah that's for sure ordering floral is really important to every design that we create and we order blooms in different varieties, from foliage to texture, focal blooms, accent blooms, buds, lots of different mm-hmm. types of flowers. And there's so many different varieties within all of those as well. What is important to pay attention to um, and chat through with our wholesalers when we're ordering these flowers? Yeah. Of it? I think the biggest thing is season. Um, flowers are super seasonal, but we do have two hemispheres on our earth that we can order from different things, like from, we can order different product at different times of year from different hemispheres, but um, with that comes a price tag. Um, and so I think on our side, I normally try to warn Kathleen, like, hey, this is not in season right now. We can still get it. It may be triple the price of what we would pay if it were grown on our hemisphere. Um, also, we've seen a huge increase in like, uh, freight shipping and so that has also caused things to go up but I think just being mindful of like season is huge and then kind of what the design deck looks like we do so many different kinds of events we do a lot of weddings um, we also do a lot of corporate stuff and with the corporate we can use more funky blooms that most brides don't want um or don't know that they want if they um are not educated some well do, but yes um some are great but uh it just I think season is the biggest thing right and to keep in mind that our wholesalers can only work so much magic right um if, if I have people all the time ask for peonies and I'm like I'm so sorry like they're just not available right now unless you're willing to pay 30 dollars a stay right at our cost so right and it's a lot more yeah. than typical yes and most people when you educate them are fine right like, knowing oh okay no, that's I great understand. yeah um but also some people are like I'm willing to pay that and you're like Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> now I get to track those down. <laughs> right. Awesome. So, yes. Yeah. But, and I think also doing, like, ordering from different suppliers is huge. Yeah. Yeah, not putting all of your eggs in one basket yes. when it comes to your ordering. You yeah. can disperse your ordering through different places. And also some wholesalers are going to be better on certain products mm-hmm. than others. There's a company called Bloomology that has really great funky stuff. Yeah. Whereas other wholesalers are really great when it comes to just the roses. Yeah. And uh, same thing with foliage, too. And so I think testing it out and seeing which ones are best and how they process their own stuff when it comes in makes a big difference, too. It definitely does. And where it's coming from, how long has it been on the truck, things like that. Yeah. When it's flowers, you're working with a live product, not a chair from a rental company that it might get damaged in shipping, but we can probably fix it here on the land side of things. Whereas floral is coming from all over the world. Yeah. We you don't have, know how yeah. it's grown. You don't know how long it's been out of the root of yes, where it was planted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had an event a few weeks ago, and the carnations came in, and 
I had never picked up freight from American Airlines at the airport. So I went through the whole process of driving out to the airport to pick up freight. It wasn't ready. So we came back and then went back out there. Super fun. But the airplane had already landed. And so by the time I got back out there and got the flowers, it was like six hours after the flight had landed. And so they were definitely like needing some yeah. some water. And so I think and it that wasn't all, a cold day. Either. No, it wasn't. And it wasn't super hot either. Right. It was like just an average Texas day. Right. Um, and yeah. so I think that also plays a lot into it. We've talked a lot about Cam and I about different wholesalers and like using different places and like there's some that shift that are great, mm-hmm. but in Texas and when it's hundred degrees and they're sitting in a UPS right. truck all day, like that's not the smartest right. decision. Right. Um, but in the winter when we have cooler months, right. I think we can get those more specialty products at exactly. a better price from those wholesalers. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. It just depends on where you, where you get stuff from. And then building those relationships with them as well, because they're going to know their product best. They're going to know um, fluctuation in pricing. The last few years and the pandemic has been up and down and up and down, and we're still seeing the effects of the up and down pricing. And so because of this, the floral industry, in my opinion, has been hit pretty dang hard. Out of all the events vendors in the industry, I feel like floral has been hit one of the hardest because of the products and the shipping and all of that. Mm. And so what do you feel like is specifically hurting the floral industry still? I think there's a lot of factors. When COVID first hit, we had um, a lot of farms that were overseas or in South America that were purchased by large retailers like grocery stores. And so that they could get the product from the straight from mm-hmm. the farms, but then they didn't allow any exporting to go out. And so that was the way that those farms were able to stay afloat because their governments were not giving them money. Right. And so we lost a lot of farms. I'm not sure an exact number, but I know, like, I think it was white roses. Like, we lost over half of our availability for white roses. Right. Um, and which, so... If you look in the coolers, there's not as many yeah, white roses. there's not as many roses. roses in general, which is sad right. because they're more expensive now, like, because they're more... There's less availability and more demand for them. And so um, that was... I mean, also, we've had just freezing that's been really weird especially like in the south um and so we've lost a lot of like locally grown things that we could have gotten we're really affected by that um there were just a lot of odd things like a shortage of floral foam um which is kind of a controversial like thing in in the event industry anyway especially in the floral industry because some people use it and some people don't right um we try to use it when we can, but also keep in mind that it's right. like not great for the environment, but there are some designs that you can't get around using it. Right. And to be able to find foam right now has been really hard. And I was talking to our wholesaler about it the other day, and she was saying it's because they're missing one ingredient mm-hmm. to making the foam. Right. And there's no, like there's no substitute. And so it's just been on back order. And so I was like calling Kim from the wholesaler. like, they have foam. We need it. <laughs> Can I buy it? Yes. <laughs> and like, yes, um, buy it. <laughs> yes. Because it was cheaper than like looking right. online was like triple what they were right. charging at the wholesaler. So it's just been hard to get supplies. And then bases have been a whole other thing. A lot of yeah. florists use accent decor. And we, if we order something, we never know when it's going to show up. I yeah. think y'all ordered something like. We ordered something in April of last year, yeah. and we finally got the rest of the shipment in January of this year. Yeah. And the first part of it came in in November, and they were missing half the order. Then it came in in January, and so that's like almost an entire year yeah, that was of, lost. Yeah, of being able to rent the yeah. bases and use them. So we just don't really know like when things are going to come in, and if they are ever going to come right. in. I remember the other day I was at a Floral Supply with TJ, 
And I was like, do y'all have any phone? Can you like at least tell me right. a time frame of when right. you think you may have phone? Right. She's like, I can't even tell you that. We don't know. <laughs> Which before the pandemic, Floral Supply Syndicate, Accent Decor, yeah. our wholesalers were like overflowing with product and had yeah. to use their back rooms to store extra product. Mm-hmm. And now you walk in and there's empty shelves. Yeah. Still to this day, yeah. empty yeah. shelves everywhere. You can't find, like a lot of times we use floral spray paint for mm-hmm. different events to make flowers different colors and what we can get. Mm-hmm. And um, you design masters who does that for because it's a little different than normal spray paint. Right. Um, it sticks to different lines. Yes. It there's a little component yeah. that's different, but yeah. you can't find that anywhere right now. And right. so... They have to use real spray paint. Yeah, real spray paint, which last week didn't turn out. Right. It was too heavy for one of the flowers we were using it on. And so there's just been a lot of shortages and a lot of problems getting things. And if they do come in, they're broken because they've been tossed around and it's just been a mess. And I don't think people realize like quite how hard the floral industry was hit. And I mean, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic at my friend's shop, he was giving flowers away because his wholesalers were having to close and they were like, here's a ton of product and we're just going to have to throw it away because there was no one having events. There was no need for flat. Like, and so a lot of farms went offline and then slowly started coming back online. I know like Ukraine, a huge flower farm was hit in Ukraine yeah. by a bomb that took off a lot of tulips. Well, and there's um, a lot of farms in Russia, yeah. and Russia is no longer able to export a lot of those yeah. things. So not only like gas prices are inflated, but other things are inflated because of what's happening yeah. in the world. And not even just the last few months with Ukraine and Russia, but just the last two years with the whole pandemic. Yeah. Shipping, that's a huge one. There's a lot of shipping issues throughout the entire nation. Even if you go on to Target.com and you want something shipped, it's going to be higher shipping rates. Mm-hmm. Same thing with floral. So on top of everything else that we're dealing with with floral, we're also dealing with very high shipping rates as well. And so even if we do want to ship from California, yeah. where they can locally grow things and it's a lot better product than shipping from somewhere in Europe or somewhere mm-hmm. in Africa or wherever we want to get it from, it's more expensive to ship it from California. Yeah. And it, there's just like a balance. It's a really hard balance and it's a really hard unknown. So on top of all the unknowns that we're dealing with in the world, we're also dealing with a lot of unknowns when it comes to the actual products and what we're receiving in. Yes. It'd be really hard. Yeah. Like for instance, uh, a bunch of Italian Ruscus pre-pandemic was like four or $5 for five stems. (laughs) And right now it's sitting at $19.95 for one bunch of five stems. Yeah. And I was asking our wholesaler the other day, I was like, do you think this is ever going to go back down? And she was like, probably not. Yeah. And I was like, oh. awesome. <laughs> Great. Sweet. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, same thing with like home prices. Yeah. I'm looking at buying a home and it was like, no, normally the market will go up and then it'll down. come down at some point. And all the real estate agents are like, yeah, it's not coming down no. anytime soon. I'm like, great. So I'm going <laughs> to overpay for a house. And yes. it's going to stay overpriced. Yeah. Awesome. Sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. So on top of that, we have to schedule people to come in. And there's yes. different areas of floral like we talked about. There's buckets and there's designing and there's on-site. So how do you approach the schedule and how do you schedule people for specific jobs within each floral event? Yeah. I think something that's super important is knowing each person's design style that's mm-hmm. a freelancer here. Um, I try to take notes next to their name in a spreadsheet, just reminding myself like, oh, they're more grocery style arrangements or, oh, they're, you know, over the top, big, lavish event Mm -hmm. style. Um, And so I try to keep those in mind when I'm 
bringing people on for an event. Um, I want to set them up for success. So I don't want them to be uncomfortable and not know how to design that (laughs) style. Um, In a perfect world, we would have someone come in before they ever work for us to do a mock arrangement. Um, that doesn't always happen. I think it could solve a lot of problems if it's like week of. Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, we need a new freelancer. And then I'm like, oh, okay, right here. Congratulations. Welcome. Um, And so I think that makes like a big difference to know people's things. And then we, like Kim said earlier, we have a lot of people that want to be cross-trained. And so, you know, some of the rental guys could fill buckets and Mm -hmm. they may not be paid at a designer rate, but they're still a huge part of doing the florals yeah. because buckets have to be bleached right. and they have to be cleaned after each event and right. they have to be dried like there's just a yeah. lot that goes into it before you even can yeah. put water in a bucket right and then I actually the last couple of weeks have been teaching one of our cross-trained girls how to process flowers she has never really been in the floral industry but I was like hey this is how you process flowers like right I would love to give you these hours and so right. she's learning and yeah. she has questions but that's okay like right. that's just growing and right. um she was like well maybe one day I'll get to be able to, <laughs> to be a designer I was like I'm more than happy to teach maybe. you yeah maybe, yeah um but it's fun to get to teach people something new and a new skill right. set that they can use right. even if it's not for I mean flowers are so fun because right you always, people are always wanting them. And so even if it's just for yourself, you know how to take care of a flower better yeah. just by working in the processing. And then I try to keep in mind for designs again, designers and what their style is, mm-hmm. what the event is. And then cleanup crew, mm-hmm. I try to get people that one will show up and two <laughs> will do a good job making sure everything looks great when right. we're done. Because if it just keeps piling up and yeah. you're going to have months worth of stuff to put away instead of just making sure it's clean yeah. after every event yeah another thing we keep in mind is pay rates yes. and what specific job is happening because a lot of designers have a very high pay rate yes. which is great because it's needed yeah but then there's certain events that require a higher design skill set yes. which is a more expensive pay rate and then there's things like cleaning buckets that you don't really need a ton of skill to clean a bucket and no. it's really not worth paying a very very high mm-hmm. hourly rate to have someone clean buckets and so we also look at what are the pay rates and how do we disperse that to stay in budget for yes. our events yeah. uh, we work with budgets for events we want to make sure that we are staying profitable with our events because if, if we're not then it's just a hobby and yeah. this isn't a hobby yes it's fun and it's hobby ish but this is a business and we have to approach it like a business. And yeah. so if we have a budget that we have to stay within with payroll and product, then we need to make sure we're doing that. And so we don't want to pay someone $25 an hour to clean buckets, but if we pay someone $15 an hour to, pay, yeah. to do buckets. So something to keep in mind when you're scheduling your cruise. Um, so something, especially if we don't do a mock-up before the event, sometimes there can be some nerves with us creating yes. their designs. Um, and the product for the clients. How does Design Decks help ease that? And what are some things that we overcome? I think Design Decks help clients visualize. I think even if people don't realize that they're visual people, they are. Because I think seeing something can help upsell something. Whereas someone's like, oh, I don't know. But being able to see it, even in a Design Deck, which Kathleen absolutely kills our Design Decks because they look just like right. like when I was doing them for myself, I would just kind of find pictures of inspiration on right. Pinterest. And Kathleen's Which over here like making great. a full mock-up <laughs> on the computer. <laughs> like she looks like she's like playing Tetris. Yeah. Um, but 
I think that helps just sell to the right. client like what we're going for ideas and you can see the table linens mixed with the candles on the table mm-hmm. um it is especially in the wedding part of this there's a lot of emotions attached to mm-hmm. doing a wedding there's yeah. a lot writing on it um yeah. I mean we never want to be the reason someone doesn't like their wedding day that's right. that's the goal right. um and so well, flowers, flowers are a big they're a part. huge part of it they're in almost every picture mm-hmm. um they I mean you have a bouquet that you're holding a few weeks ago we did a wedding um that was a little out of all of our wheelhouse um it ended up being stunning right um but it was all branches there were no flowers right well and the bride was nervous and we yes, were nervous and we were like, nervous uh-huh. And so, and then she had a planner, thankfully, who was yes. great. And so, and the bride was coming in from out of town. So there was no right. way we could have ever, like, that met with up. her to yeah. do a mock-up. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, product was low that week on actually blooming branches because that's right. what she wanted. And so right. I'm she over here, blooms, like, like, blooms, like, wow, yes. she wanted branches well, that had blooms on yes. them. Yeah. And she was about <laughs> two weeks too weather. early for that. Yeah. And it was, I was, like, starting to get a little panicked. Um, and then we ended up sending, uh, one of our freelancers like, Hey, why don't we send the planner some pictures and right. she can send them on to the bride Right. because we'd actually ended up making two bridal bouquets right. to take on site. Slightly different. They were a little different. One had a few more like frutillaria and right. a few more interesting blooms, right. and one was pretty much just branches. So we ended up sending a picture to, um, the planner and she mm-hmm. sent them on to the client. And the client chose the one that I didn't think she would choose, um, but it was beautiful, and she right. absolutely loved it. Um, she even wrote us a raving review yeah, she for did. it, too. She, I think she said something about, like, I was unsure myself of what I wanted. She said, I didn't even want a bridal bouquet because I didn't think anyone else could actually make the bouquet that I had envisioned. Yeah. But I trusted them with my design and trusted them with what I wanted, and we totally exceeded her expectations. Yeah. Which Felt really good, especially after being very stressed. Yes, I remember leaving that wedding and I was like, (gasps) I can breathe. (laughs) I can't do anything else to make it look better. Yes, and it was, but it was so, like, it was such a relief to, like, know that we played such a big part in her day. And it. And she loved it. And she loved it. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Like, when I was working for myself doing flowers, like, I had to remake a few bridal bouquets on site mm-hmm. because a bride would be like, I just don't really like like that one flower. I'm like, this is your one bouquet. Like, right. I'm going to make sure this is right. exactly what you want it to right. be. Well, because it's in every photo. It, it could be in your master bedroom someday yeah. or your bathroom. It could It'll be, be in your, your parents' bedroom. house for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's going to be everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. you want to make sure that you're not looking back on it in right. 20 years and being like, oh, right. I didn't like that one right. flower. <laughs> yeah. um, and we don't want you to like the only photos that you don't have your flowers yes. in either. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Big difference. Yes. For sure. Huge difference. All right. To finish our podcast today, there are a few questions that I have for you. Okay. The first one is, what is your favorite memory working with Render? Oh, that's a hard one. I would say my favorite memory is when we all have our computers out at the table <laughs> where we do team meetings, but we all decide we want to work out there and we're all sitting and we're all working and getting things done, but there's a lot of like banter going back and forth. And it just is such a, like a healthy environment to be in, um, which has not been the case at past places I have worked, um, freelancing. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's just, we all get along really well. I think we would all be friends outside of work, which I think is huge. Yeah. Um, and we all understand each other's humor. Right. No one ever gets offended by anyone's <laughs> There's a lot stark of dry yes. humor and a lot of things that are like said without like a laugh at the end yes. of it, but you know that they're joking. Yes. It's just, 
it's a special environment. Yes, I think that's probably like one of my favorite memories is whenever like someone will be sitting out there and be like, does somebody want to come join me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you see us all pick up our computers right. and walk out there. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's. Um, I think that was TJ's favorite memory is the community table. Yeah. Yeah, she called it the working community table or something like that. <laughs> it's great. Okay, next question. What's your favorite event? Oh, this is a hard one. I would say while I wasn't, I was freelancing still at this point. It was for Cam's brother's weddings. I did both. You did both. Um, yeah. And I think the first wedding we did for Jess and Blaine was the first massive hanging installation I had ever been a part of. It was 12 feet by 12 feet. Mm-hmm. It was... 12-ish bags of Smilax. Yep. It was massive. I think it was more um, than, I think we originally ordered 12, but I think we had like 20. Yeah, it was and huge. Then, yeah. And I remember being like, wow, this girl like has huge dreams. <laughs> yeah. And we accomplished it. Yeah. It was great. It was so fun. And I got to meet Raven that week, who's yes. one of your really good friends. Yeah. Um, and then I think also Brandon and Morgan's wedding was the next event I worked here. Um, and that was really fun to get to be a part of. It was by far the largest wedding I had ever been to. I also ended up yeah. knowing the bride. It was right. her brother and a girl I had gone yeah. to church with for a long time. Yeah. And I knew her family. And so it was a bunch of really small worlds. I also right. knew a ton of guests at the wedding. And so everyone texted me afterwards. and was like, the flowers were stunning. They were. It really turned that whole ballroom when we showed up that morning and not a table went in was down. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a droopy ballroom, but by the time we left, it right. was absolutely oh stunning. Gosh. And it smelled amazing. Yeah. I we had, walked in and it was like garden smell. Oh, yeah. It, it smelled amazing. like a floral farm. Yeah. Minus the pesticide <laughs> smell. <laughs> minus the pesticide, yes. But like that week, I was in charge of doing the flower wall. And that was a bit of a I don't even know the right word like challenge I guess yeah. because it was a freestanding eight by eight flower wall that had so it was so front heavy that we had to figure out even on the day of how to counterweight right. that um without it like leaning forward because right. people were going to be standing in front yeah. of it we don't want them yeah. to like be taken out by For a sure. flower wall and so I was leading that and I was like oh this is really <laughs> stressful yeah. and but it all turned out absolutely beautiful yeah. and Morgan looked like a dream she and yeah beautiful. and we got pictures and the reel yes. was so fun that TJ did a few yes. days ago so yeah. yeah it was fun that was an interesting one because I wasn't really a part of it because yeah. I was a part of the family it was in the wedding same thing with Blaine and Jess's wedding I was in the wedding so I couldn't be a part of a lot of those things but I was a part of a lot of the week yeah, leading up leading to up, it yeah and I remember being so proud of our team with both weddings, with every single event that we do, but especially Braden and Morgan's because there was so much flowers. Normally we order about five to 10,000 stems per wedding. Yeah. We ordered 36,000 It was, our office was like a cloud of a flowers. Cloud of flowers. <laughs> it was crazy. And we had like 17 or 18 people here almost every single day. Yeah. There was a huge production. There was, I think, seven major installs. There yeah. was like twenty-five tables. I think it was like thirty tables. It, it was a lot. It was. It was a it huge. It was a huge thing. There were like thirteen bridesmaids. Yes. A bunch of house party. It was. Yeah, it was huge. It was but massive. the thing that was incredible was because I knew a lot of obviously our family and friends mm-hmm. that were there. Every single person knew that we had done it, and they came up to me the entire evening. They're like, "Oh my gosh." The floral looks amazing. That head table, the backdrop, the, the you know, they would like name all these things. And all I kept saying was, my team is incredible. Yeah. Like my team, my team, my team, because 
It was a team effort. Yeah. And we booked a few events based yeah. off of yeah. our photos from that yeah. event. So That's I incredible. think, yeah, but there were a lot of obstacles to overcome. Oh, like the loading Tons. was <laughs> not ideal. Not ideal. Poor Dom, because John yeah. was off. Dom was in the team. Where, I think yeah. there were like three we or four really guys. We really live into that work hard live well by giving John the week off and now looking back we're like hmm, maybe, maybe we should have like relaxed like took that core value back for yeah. that week and like make it work because it would have yeah. been needed they were like moving ghost yeah. chairs because their truck wouldn't fit up the, yes. the dock and oh so gosh. it was Dom's like parked on a yes. Dallas street like running ghost chairs across the thing but yeah. you know it all like, turned let's out let's play real life Roger. Yes, yeah. <laughs> let's let's dodge all the very nice cars that are being parked in ballet. Oh my god! But it was so fun to get to be a part of it. Yeah. And that was kind of like one of my first experiences here. And yeah. so even though it was crazy, it kept me coming you back. You stuck around. I did. <laughs> oh my gosh, man, that was a crazy event. But they all are. Yeah, okay, last are. question: What is your favorite core value and why? I asked everyone in the office what they said because I didn't want to just keep repeating because I'm an Enneagram 4 and so I hate everyone being the same. Everyone has said something different. And I was yeah. like, oh, Kathleen, what did you say? She was like, work hard, live well. And I was like, well, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> but I think that is it because I think for so long when I was doing this for myself, I felt like I had to say yes to everything and I was working by myself all the time. And so I never really had like the ability to take time off and like enjoy because I did have some more free time. And so I don't think I like took for granted, like being with family and friends. Um, and so as much as I love like having a schedule, it's been hard to make right. that adjustment. Um, but I think that's been my favorite core value is yeah. like that I have the ability to take time off and be with my, like a few weeks ago, we went to Branson to visit my sister yeah. with my mom and aunt yeah. and just got to like, even though I was working some up there, like logistics rise, I was still able to like right. breathe and know that things were still like getting done here right. because I had set people up to right. succeed right. in a way freelancer wise. And I didn't have to be here doing yeah. anything. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's a really, it's probably one of my favorites. I love them all. Mm -hmm. But that was a really important one for sure. Yeah. I was going to say servant leader, but then I was like, I don't know how to say that and not feel like, <laughs> <laughs> like prideful or like boastful, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. I think it also like when I was thinking about which one was my favorite and why, like a few weeks ago when we did party slate, mm -hmm. we, we had some freelancers in here and we had 18 buckets that had to be like the they were old buckets, and so yeah. the stickers had to be scraped. Oh and I asked the two, three freelancers in here, I was like, does anyone want to scrape buckets? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, cool. Great. So I spent like four and a half hours outside in the sun that getting sunburned, scraping so buckets. Yes. And I was like, but I found joy in like right. knowing that like what my team was doing, they were enjoying, and I wasn't right. making someone do something that they didn't right. want to do. Yeah, even though you didn't. I didn't want to do it, but I took one for the team. Yes. We all take one for the team. It's important. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for being on the podcast yes. today, talking about floral. So fun. And next week, we've got more of our team series coming. So thanks for tuning in.